Hi and welcome to the premiere scene Fright Fest Glasgow 2019 special. Uh, I'm Keith Isles and, and I'm William McLaughlin and uh, we're both film enthusiasts that are here to talk to you a little bit about um, this year's Fright Fest uh, Glasgow. Um, Fright Fest is basically a festival that's held twice a year and has been held for like the last 18 years and specializes specifically in the horror genre of films of all sorts of budgets uh, from all around the world. So it's usually quite a mixed bag. And uh, for you, William, this was actually your first Yeah, my, my, my first uh, film festival ever as a, as a patron and a customer rather than working for Premier Scene, which is, is somehow full circle of coming, uh, we're doing this little segment now, which is, is great and that's totally Part of what I uh, think about when I'm thinking about film festivals is definitely Claire and Anthony and, and all the premiere scene work that we've done together in the past. So it was really nice, a different sort of experience for me um, to get to watch everything. Um, because normally we're running around like headless chickens. I do a lot of, or did do a lot of support for Claire and Anthony um, in the past. And when you're doing that, it's just constant researching and making sure that they've got all the elements that they need. To, to do their jobs. Um, so it was a much less stressful podcast this time, guys. Um, nothing against you, love working for you. I got to be the, pa the, the patron um, and, the, and the viewer this time. Yeah, and we were, it was a very strong year this year. Um, I've been going to Fright Fest for several years now, and it, it usually is a very, very mixed bag. Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, you'll get one or two uh, outstanding films but then you'll get quite a few pretty bad ones and some real turkeys in there um, I, I, didn't, I didn't feel there was anything actually that I didn't enjoy watching and that I didn't uh, you know have some sort of uh, positive connection and reaction with there was nothing I felt was was flat at any point yeah. and to, that's totally important the worst thing that can happen to any film is that people don't care about it yeah. or think it's alright you know what an absolute disservice to Filmmakers, if you can't generate at least some sort of reaction, yeah. you know, even Tommy Vizu, um, who many people you know scoff at and call a failure, he's probably going to have more success in his first film, The Room, than I'll have in anything that I do potentially. So you know, it doesn't just because it doesn't work the way you want doesn't mean it's bad, yeah, or not enjoyable. No, absolutely, absolutely. So um, so yeah, we've essentially come off of two straight days of um being in the cinema. So we saw uh, 12 films over two days. Um, heavy duty. Pro probably, really why, heavy yeah, yeah. probably why we're looking a bit bleary-eyed um, for this. So uh, this is this is why I sometimes think these shouldn't be on a visual medium. <laughs> well, you got go. everything well done. But, but there you go. So um, yeah, um, so what we're going to do, we, this is going to be completely non-spoiler. It's just a bit of a bonus um, episode for the premiere scene viewers. Um, just to give you an idea of some of the horror films that are coming out within the next year that you might be interested in seeing. So um, we're just going to run through... We're going to be blasted and be, just hit everything quickly and give you a kind of general idea about it. Because the films aren't yet on general release, it's, it doesn't make any sense for us to go into super detail about stuff. Absolutely. So first up, we started with a film called Lords of Chaos, um, which uh, starred Corey Culkin. 
yeah. um, of the Culkin brothers. <laughs> and, and, and quite a chameleon-like performance. Um, he's a recognisable actor and uh, he, was, he was very inhabiting of his character. Um, and, it didn't, and he does wear um, makeup, heavy makeup that obscures his kind of face at, at probably about a quarter of the film. Um, but he was very chameleon-like. Yes, a great performance, really good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a film that deals with, um, it's set in the mid-90s, and it deals with a, um, a hard metal rock band in Norway. That's correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. And, uh, it's all right, it's been a long weekend. And um, basically, uh, it's, it's one of those films that is, is very tonally very different in places because it's quite horrific. It's got some really disturbing scenes of knife violence in the film, um, which, which aren't to everybody's taste, for sure. Um, but at the same time, it's got a sort of self-parody element yeah. to it as well. So and, and, you know, credit to the filmmakers, that balance of, uh, you know, the really intense horror. How do you counterpoint that? And how do you disarm and diffuse any of that tension for your audience and get them back into a kind of a sedentary sort of um, influenceable state and the film nailed that for me. Yes. Um, I think definitely one of the strong ones and one that I would recommend um, in terms of, because Premier seen like kind of the production um, aspect of stuff, any highlights about the way that the film was made or any of the kind of artistic creative choices? Uh, no, I mean, I think um, the, the, the production design of the film is very good, very strong. They create this um, kind of record shop scene uh, world that they've got yeah. and um, you, you know all, all of that everything feels very authentic um, and also because obviously it is in the English language although it's supposed to be um, set in Norway mm-hmm. um, but, but it kind of it doesn't draw attention to yeah, that it just well kind done. of embraces it from, from the get go and you just end up going on this ride yeah like Norwegian licence plates and um, like drinks and food are, are featured in it but really the characters are all speaking English and um, it, it did feel immersive my one wee thing I would say is I felt like the context for this film being against sort of black metal really worked Yes. And as a scene that's already kind of, you know, deals with ideas about good and evil and, and that sort of um, aesthetic. So once you get into the, the real uh, human horror elements, I think that was a super effective, really kind of clever way to start spinning the audience's preconceptions of what they were going to see and what was real. Yes. And this is very much one of those films about the difference between saying and doing. Totally. is very much, you know, what it boils down to. So that's one to look out for. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, we have a film called Level 19. No. Oh, sorry, Level 16. Yeah, go higher. <laughs> Level 16. And, um, uh, yeah, that, that was a uh, film about a society where um, it's about a group of girls in a, in a boarding school type society. Um, but it's very... Um, uh, much that they're there being designed to be obedient, um, well-mannered young ladies, right? Uh, but it's done in a very sort of um, uh, dictatorial way, dictatorial way, um, and it's it's again a very slick film, um, Canadian film, uh, really really works. Um, 
think it does ask some social questions, but I don't want to go too into that because that involves spoilers, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I don't want to do on this. But um, but yeah, level 16 uh, is coming out. If I had to say one criticism, um, it felt slightly longer than it needed to. Uh, it's about 100 minutes long. Mm -hmm. I could have probably been told the same story in 90 minutes, uh, but it was very slick in its execution and worked very well and some really good performances from the young actresses in this film. So that's, that's awesome. what I thought. And you didn't see that one. No, I missed that. It was the only thing I didn't get to see the film festival, but the kind of the benefit of the festival is other people will recommend you stuff. Um, so I've now got a list that's about three or four times longer than it was prior to going to Fright Fest of stuff that I'm watching. Um, and Level 16 is going to be on that. Um, it got a really good reception. Uh, and that that's definitely the benefit of a film festival is people will push stuff that they like and that after having watched a couple of things you get to know people's tastes and so on so that's one that I've, I want to watch Sure So the first thing that I saw that day was The Dead Centre um, I, I really loved uh, the kind of aesthetic that that was going for the style of filming um, I think they definitely got money and value up on the screen in that film uh, really long ominous drone shots of an ambulance and even just that first edit from shot one to shot two mm. uh, I don't know if you remember like they cut to the back of the ambulance and the sirens going like yeah really kind of like brought you right into the film very present and lots of um, aerial bird's eye views of everything that was kind of a bit of a running motif yeah reminded the film. me of Roma with that camera move that Alfonso Curian uses because at the end, as the film progresses, the drone shots kind of continue and so on and mm -hmm. work their way into the climax of the film. I really like that, good attention to detail. Yeah. I thought, that, I thought Dead Center was, it, it was, even though I felt like some bits weren't quite as effective at, at hammering home the point, I did really like the look and the kind of atmosphere and it was, you know, I did jump and uh, did, did feel quite upset at some points and so boxes ticked for yes. being a genre movie. Yeah, it's very much a, uh, a mystery procedural uh, type film. Um, it, it basically uh, evolves around a um, uh, a patient, which is well, a dead body, which is taken to the morgue, but then uh, appears to disappear. <laughs> appears to disappear. Double negative. Um, <laughs> it affects that film and, in that and, sort of style. And, and absolutely, and um, you've basically got a sort of two protagonists that are on this journey. Um, one, one is a psychiatrist, the other is a um, medical examiner, and uh, you know their, their paths eventually cross looking to this. But there is a lot of mystery into, in this film, and again, it's, it's very hard to sort of review it without spoiling it as yeah. such. But, um, but yeah, very, very stylishly done. Also, uh, Shane Caruso Primer is in the film. Um, I thought he was interesting. It's interesting knowing the backstory as a sort of indie filmmaker to Primer is one of these films that's held up absolutely as it should be as a massive achievement um, in, in having very little and making a lot of it um, so I was really interested to see Shane Carruth in that absolutely in that role cool um, next up we had uh, Here Comes Hell a, a favourite of ours yes um, absolutely this is a, an independent UK film uh, made by a young group of filmmakers and what this film does very well is it totally embraces, it's essentially a comedy horror uh, set in the 1930s and it's shot in black and white and it's in an academy aspect ratio and it features you know, somewhat heightened performances by yeah. the ensemble of characters. 
but it is essentially a haunted house film, um, you know, a, a, an old house in the middle of nowhere type film. And it also sort of plays into sort of some Agatha Christie, yes. whodunit type traits. And it's, well. it's tropey. And I think what we were seeing on uh, Movie Heaven, Movie Hell uh, earlier, what I loved about this is it absolutely shows why it's important to have belief in your project um, and, and why you should really push your unique vision as a filmmaker. Um, I've seen so many films commercially over recent years that are sort of by committee, studio mandated, you know, blockbuster dross. And I was saying uh, earlier, Here Comes Hell is the kind of film that a studio might not even make mm -hmm. because it's so niche and it's so off kilter. Um, it shows really why there's a value in going and seeing indie films. And I love this film. Really fast, really, um, you know, didn't, didn't, wasn't overbloated at any point. Yes. And that's so often our criticism. criticism. Just of 10 minutes uh, could make some of these films much, much tighter and punchier. And this film had it in spades. Yes. Really good. Yeah. Now that was good. Um, up next was... Uh, a film, a Swedish film, yeah, um, called Black Circle, uh, a very psychological film. Yeah, I love this. And, and, again, and, very, very much, yeah, uh, another favourite. Well, I think we loved most of the films, didn't we? But but um, we're saying it was a really strong year, and I, I, like I said, I didn't have anything that I didn't enjoy. Um, I would say that Dead Center, uh, sorry, yeah, Black Circle was absolutely up there for one of my favourites. Yeah. Um, you know, I really enjoyed the aesthetic, I enjoyed the style, I loved the withholding of information and yes. the very slow development of the, the plot being drip-fed. Um, I think sometimes that doesn't work so well. Uh, I think this film in particular did it extremely effectively. Um, and Christina Lindstrom, uh, the exploitation um, film actor, um, is, is coming from 20 years of not having done any uh, acting into this movie. Wow, what a performance. Yeah, great and, performance. Um, and it's one of those films that, um, you know, it, it's got kind of a bonkers premise, but it, it, it absolutely embraces the logic of the, of the world that it sets up. Um, it, it, in a nutshell, uh, as a sort of brief synopsis, it's about a, um, uh, there's some sisters in it, and one of them recommends a, almost like a sort of self-help recording it's on a, um, a, a vinyl record, uh, a 12-inch vinyl record, um, you know, to help sort of enhance and improve her productivity. Um, but obviously, it, it opens up darker things, let's just put it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, well done um, for, for articulating it, because it's quite a weird story. Um, but I would say definitely one to go out and find, go and see this film, uh, Black Circle was a kind of masterclass in, you know, how to heighten everything and even just that first scene with Christina Lindstrom, brilliant, like brilliant character introduction because she's not set up at all, you just get the uh, cold open you're, almost you're in that sequence. straight into it. Yeah. Oh, look at this, goosebumps. Getting a little That's bit why we're doing this visually, yeah. <laughs> and you're close to the camera so you can see that. Um, yeah, so that was cool, that was Black Circle. And then um, rounding off day one, uh, we got into com comedy horror territory with Dead Ant. Dead Ant? Dead Ant. Dead Ant. Dead Ant. Dead Ant. Dead Ant. And hey, Ant. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we hope um, that you're not Dead Ant. Yes, yeah, we, we, we certainly are. Disclaimer. Um, but this was a, uh, 
an exploitation. Um, it was it was following a sort of schlock B movie yeah. feel. However, it had you know established uh, actors like um, yeah. Sean Astin and, and um, Tom Arnold, uh, Tom Arnold, um, and the uh, Jake Boozy. Yeah, I always yeah. said Gary Boozy. Oh, no, Jake Boozy was awesome. And, yeah, I really liked his comedy in, yeah. in that film. Very good. And again, they're like an uh, an aging eighties metal band. Um, that are going on to do this festival. They're going on to do a, a festival in the middle of nowhere. And they decide en route to, um, to get some drugs to enhance the experience. So they find some drugs from a Native American and he tells them that the absolute rule of tripping on this drug and using this drug is that you do not mess with nature in any way shape or form you don't damage plant life animal life you name it um unfortunately this is isn't really a spoiler but one of our characters ends up killing an ant and uh the film ends with them getting attacked by giant ants and that's all you really need yeah. to know about this and, but it's a lot of laughs we, we saw it under its working title or its current title of dead ant um, though that's going to change to Attack of the Giant Ants, um, we, were, we were told, so be aware, uh, really good fun. It's nice to see your last film of the evening be something that isn't super, super heavy and uh, still can be scary and, and, and fun as well. Yeah. Um, quite interesting that there was a lot of overlap between Dead Ant and Here Comes Hell um, and, and The Horde uh, later on being comedy horror films. I think it's a really interesting sort of subgenre. Mm -hmm. um, and it can be really effective when you get it right. Yeah, yeah, well, absolutely. And, and I mean, that was, I thought. I, I think of, I think of um, you know, horror films really as being a mixed genre, um, you, you know, um, type of film. So, you know, you can, you can have ones that are thriller-based, comedy-based, yeah. um, psychological-based, you know, all, all these different types of sci-fi, sci some of them. You know, yeah, and and that's that's one of the the, the great things about um, going to these film horror film festivals is you do get quite a mixed bag, and you don't necessarily know what you're going to get, yeah, it's the where it's going to come from, or what sort of budget it has. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 you know uh, really quite open as far as that goes. So um, we had like four hours sleep or something, and because <laughs> that that last film ended after one o'clock, as you can tell, yeah, rough. <laughs> Um, and then uh, 10 a.m. is the next film on day two, and that was Rusalka, the Rusalka. Which again is being renamed mm -hmm. to The Siren yep. for um, its theatrical stroke mm -hmm. home media release. And, um, and amazing to hear that that film got a release as well. It's so good when you're at a festival to see that there's going to be a lifespan beyond the festival yes. as well, and that things are going to go on to greater, wider distribution. Yes, no, absolutely. Now, this film, one of the things this film does very nicely in terms of its characters is um, you know unusual for, for most productions now um, the, the, the lead character in this film is actually mute which is quite a nice little subvert to the genre because when you think about it if somebody's in trouble in a horror film what's the first thing they normally do is cry for yeah, help scream, yeah. so you have a, um, a, a character who's mute in this film and um, he effectively meets uh, Lady of the Water. Lady of the Water. Uh, she's a kind of sort of yes. demonic, witchy kind of uh, entity. Um, 
I mean, what I liked about this was, and you're absolutely right about having a character who's mute not being able to access the kind of uh, fail-safes that, you know, characters that, that can speak have um, in a horror film. I felt it was almost nightmarish, this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very drawn out, very, uh, very visual, a lot of show-don't-tell, um, and not in a way that I felt was particularly overblown or long at all. Um, but just very, very visual and very poetic. Um, so that was, I, I loved that film. I thought it was absolutely brilliant and interesting because that and Black Circle were both quite divisive films. Mm. Not everybody liked them, which it's is fine, it's, it's totally cool. Um, but I, I just, I really, I went in hard to that. I thought that was excellent. Yeah, now that's kind of what makes Fright Fest um, quite a fun festival mm-hmm. is, is the, uh, it, it, it has much discussion because of the, you know, how films divide people. Um, for, for better or for worse, but mm-hmm. uh, it keeps it interesting. Um, which uh, took us to our next film, which which was that uh, Automata. 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 Yeah. We were this. This was a uh, another low budget uh, independent British film um, made by a team that did a film a couple of fright fest back called the black gloves um they were turning essentially with the same production crew and cast uh to give us a film which is basically about an 18th century clockwork woman life-size doll doll, yeah life-size doll um kind of i don't know this film i've talked about this film probably most out of all of them um I really liked it. I love seeing national cinema. I love seeing you know British films made in made in the UK that reflect kind of stuff that we identify with. Like I don't know, just even simple things like road signs being British road signs and kind of like the the things that people eat and drink and, and shop and, and the clothes that they wear and stuff being relatable. Um, so to have this film set in Scotland um, when I'd just been in Dundee and, and Newport and Tay around five uh, where they shot was really cool. I yeah, loved yeah. that. I love seeing. An identifiable story. I had criticisms of the film, obviously, that were similar to yours. I felt like it could have been cut back and refined a lot. But for me, ultimately, all the things that I enjoyed about it totally outweighed anything that I thought was a criticism. Yeah, so no, I was I, really happy at that. Absolutely. I mean, um, you, you know, uh, good on these filmmakers for doing this. That they seem to be churning out films uh, every year, so they're there and they're doing it, and um, uh, you know, and they're successful with totally, it. Totally. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I thought. If I had to be critical of this film, I thought the ambition of it was slightly greater than what they were able to achieve yeah. on the budget. Um, but having said that, they had a bloody good go, yeah. and, and it does work. Um, I think one of the things that may have made this film work slightly better was if they embraced uh, a, a, a tone with it. Because whereas, <laughs> whereas Here, Here Comes Hell absolutely embraced its comedic tone and allowed that to allow for the, if you like, the lower budget production yeah. values of it. Uh, this this film in places wants to be a lot more serious, but isn't always able to live up to that. Yeah, I think that's and, true. And, and, and I don't mean that in any disrespect to the filmmakers. Mm. Um, I'm very impressed that they managed to achieve this. And, um, yeah, you know, it is an interesting story. And it was really good to see uh, Jonathan Hansler an actor I've worked with before, um, playing the, uh, the 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 lead villain in this, yeah. and and very uh, very dastardly is too. And I would I would just do a quick shout out to the actor playing the doll, 
was incredibly she realized, was yes. really frightening actually. Alexandra yeah. Holm, I think her name. Excellent one yeah. to watch, I think, because yeah. um, you know, not a conventional part, and it was a, essentially a monster movie in some regards, um, and that was done really well, really yes. expressively, and she it was did. very performance based, I think. Yes, absolutely, um, absolutely. And they did do some sort of tricks with the dolly and things like that, and a kind of spinning motion and they maybe did. some frame removal and stuff, but it was it's an accolade to the performance. That it doesn't need much additional support to get it to be frightening and, and weird. Yes. So yeah, I really like that. No, I agree. I agree. Um, uh, next up was a uh, a Danish film, mm-hmm. correct? Um, and you thought they would have kept that one for the end. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Uh, called Finale, uh, or fi- I, yeah, I don't know what they think. It's spelled Finale. Finale. I don't know what they yeah. pronounce it, Fanel or whatever. But um. Uh, essentially, um, this 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 is a very disturbing film. Although I think it's incredibly well done. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it deals with it centers around um, two young women that work in a twenty uh, four hour uh, gas station convenience store in the middle of nowhere, and um, it deals. It, it's got a very interesting structural narrative to this. It deals very much with, um, you know, the, the relationship of these two central characters, but then it goes to a very, very, very dark and disturbing place. Yeah, um, and they did a good job of kind of titillating the audience and making you want to get further into the story and then, you know, inevitably wishing that you hadn't been so desperate to see all the horrible uh, sort of uh, torture porn that you're then being exposed to. Yeah, I mean, this really, it does have, they warn you at the beginning of the film in the yeah. little prologue, um, it really does have um, some disturbing, a, a little bit like uh, Lords of Chaos had some disturbing graphic yeah. scenes. This this equally has some very, very nasty, um, y- y- you know, torture porn style scenes in it. Um, and it deals with it deals with issues like um, the the internet and what can be seen on internet on the internet and whether the uh, affluent affluent and wealthy and elitist privileged people in society can um, exacerbate almost everybody's uh, desire to see you know nasty grotesque things and of course it deals with. You know the fact that in in human history, uh, there's we'll always love, been we'll this sort of hurting each other yeah, and celebrating that this, and this uh, perverseness. Yeah, and then and to be fair to the film, even though it is um, you know not everybody's cup of tea, it may not be the sort of thing that everybody's going to watch. There were some walkouts during this film, um, though not in a massive scale, but there were definitely some people were turned off yes. and couldn't hack it. Um, but I think actually it is talking about something that is frightening and it is real. Um, that kind of uh, sort of reveling in um, misery and pain and stuff. And it, it maybe makes that comment about us as patrons of Fright Fest as well, going and seeing yes. all these scary, frightening, upsetting movies. And, and why is that? Um, and I think it did a really good job. To me, I would just quickly say as well, this is absolutely what I think of when I think of a modern horror film. Yes. It has really brilliant production value, excellent performances, tight script. Um, it does, you know, even the torture porn element wasn't the whole film. No, um, no, I mean, really it's a very... You that right back. Yeah, it's a very slick, well-made film, and you really do, it sets up the characters very well that you actually do care about. Yeah, them. yeah, great performances um, in the two weeks. They're, they're, they're not wasted in any way um, through that. So, again, I, I think a, a, a really... A, 
good film there to come out of Denmark and um, uh, hopefully it will get yeah, wide yeah and, and, and I definitely recommend one to watch awesome for, for people with, with a strong, strong constitution yeah, yeah. Um, next up uh, was one of my favourites I have to say yeah. at the whole festival it was The Witch Part 1 The Subversion which is a South Korean film and this really how do you talk about this and not give spoilers I was going to say this film is absolutely bonkers um, I, I totally love this I'm yes. with you it was one of my favourites yes I mean it essentially deals with uh, which has been in sort of science fiction um, literature and movies for, 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 for many years but it deals with kind of the super soldier programme so running experiments on on young children um, in order to make them, you know, better, faster, stronger, more intelligent, you know, yeah, all of this Controlling sort of them and sort of um, abusing them and they were like, you know, um, being kind of trafficked is what I was yes. thinking from that and it's real world dialogue. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, uh, you know, it works really well. I mean, this, this, this film, this film literally has it all. It has uh, really, really moving, dr dramatic scenes, um, you know, heartwarming drama in there. It's got some real comedy moments. Um, the main character has a brilliant friend stroke yeah. sidekick who's absolutely hilarious um, in it. Uh, but at the same time, we, it, it's very, it goes to very dark places. It's definitely got its horror and violent elements to it. And it also has um, really, really great visual action. And um, I said before that for me, it kind of, you look at, if you're looking at sort of fil films that I've grown up with that have set the bars for this, you know, there was sort of Terminator 2, Judgment Day, and then years later, The Matrix. And I would say that this, in terms of action, in terms of fight scenes, and in terms of gunplay and whatever, is, is right up there with those type of films. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And you just mentioned two of my favorite films. <laughs> um, so we're on the Mine same too. page there. Yeah. And I think actually, haven't seen some of what has been done in this film and the kind of level of ambition as well. Uh, it's so important, I think, to, especially when you're using special effects, it's worthless unless you're confident in why you're doing it and you, you know, should only really be using special effects to accentuate and sell stuff that mm -hmm. isn't real. Yeah. Um, and they, they totally nailed it. I really like this. And it's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy it on DVD as soon as I can, yes. just because I'm desperate to see part two. Yeah, um, and yeah. the sooner that comes, the better. You know, and I would love to watch that in the cinema. Yeah. And um, Paul at Fright Fest said that this may not get a UK territory release theatrically. So if it comes, even if it's for a day, if you're a fan of the Matrix, go and see this film. Absolutely, it just is a must-watch for me. I think. Yeah, and you really, you know, a good, a good female protagonist in this film. Um, and you know, my first comment was, I couldn't wait to see part. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, re really, really love this film. Um, next up, uh, we had a film called Freaks. Yep. Um, American movie? Ameri American movie, I believe. Yeah, yeah Bruce Dern um, stars in this, mm -hmm. and uh, Grace Park and... Emil Hirsch. Emil Hirsch, yep. that's it, thank you. And also uh, a, a newcomer uh, actress, I'm assuming, um, who was the young girl, yes. um, who's the, the main character in the story. Yeah. And uh, probably the best part of the film, I think, was her performance and the direction and the uh, writing of her character really really good yeah yeah she kind of reminded me of a young drew barrymore mm -hmm. you know the sort of uh, um 
ET stroke Firestarter That's type sorry. between Barrymore. So a good performance. Um, the setup for this film, again, it's, it's hard to do it without being really spoilery, but um, it's set up originally to be, uh, there's been some sort of uh, apocalypse, you know, it's yeah, post-apocalypse there. We don't know exactly what it is and it's never made 100% clear what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's a father trying to protect his young daughter uh, in a home, uh, in a suburban area, um, where he's kind of, you know, boxed himself off from society to try and uh, um, protect his child. But it does turn into something quite, quite mm-hmm. different to that as the film progresses. I mean, I really, I did really enjoy this film. I felt the first half was spectacular. I really, really liked it. And uh, Zach Lepowski, who was there doing a QA at Fright Fest, um, was saying that they used Room as one of the touchstones. Yes. And I think for me, that was part of what made this film really, really strong was not knowing like where it was going to go. And when you're watching a film and you're constantly, your brain's like ticking, trying to work out, trying to be one step ahead and stuff. And you know, when, when you can't penetrate that, it's total testament to the writing and delivery of all the content in the script up on screen, really hard yeah. to do. And it's really cool that in this review, you've managed to mention the room and room <laughs> all in one thing, which is pretty cool. Um, but no, uh, yeah, it definitely has that, that setup and that tension. And interestingly, um, they were telling us that at the moment, uh, this in terms of where the film goes from here, because of course it does leave it very open for, for more of this story to be told, um, it's currently in development to be a television series. Yep. And I can definitely see, because in terms of the, the world building yeah. of this film, um, it could definitely go, the arc could go more than just another movie yep. or two. It could definitely And be I can a, see them, uh, you know, it is absolutely set up to be expanded and, uh, you know, developed. And I could see them doing a TV show and then another movie and stuff like that yeah. once they've built even further on what's going on. Yeah, no worries. And then we rounded uh, the, 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 the Fright Fest um, off uh, at 11.30pm with, you know, you always worry about Absolute the last tiring. film. Yeah, I mean, look at, look at us. And, and again, we talk about production values. We've yeah, just like on just phone. We've thrown totally. this together very last minute just to have something to report back. So uh, uh, I should have done that disclaimer at the beginning. <laughs> but apologies for this. But uh, no, we ended up with um, a film called The Horde, which um, essentially is based around a reality TV um, mockumentary series dealing with hoarders. um, Haunted hoarders. Haunted Haunted hoarders, hoarders. to be more precise. And this was really funny and really enjoyable because it had an ensemble cast that was essentially broken into like sort of three three teams of yeah. people. Uh, you had the sort of makeover experts and the um, person that dealt with the sort of psychology side of why these people hoard these things and don't throw anything away and letting go of it. So you have that as kind of one team. And then you have another team, which are the paranormal team, and they have all of the technology and whatever to go in and see if there's any, you know, possible haunted entities, yeah. etc., in 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 the buildings. 
Uh, and then you have another team that are the clear up team. They're the men at work, the ones that are which awesome. was hilarious. Yeah, I love those guys. They have massive arguments about dry rot and bad sewage and you know all of this sort of thing. And it's but the thing that makes this work is it's really well written, but also it's really well performed. Yeah, all of these characters really have interesting little traits uh, about them, and it really sort of feeds into the comedy. And obviously they, they they refer to the camera as well because that's really clever. They sort of fourth wall breaking, almost uh, kind of meta bits to camera were really really clever and, and funny. Yeah. And it, and you know it was a criticism of reality TV um, and sort of deconstructing what what is reality TV and if there's a bad person or a bad element to it, <laughs> who and what is that? Um, so it asked the interesting questions. And uh, the thing that I think made that film so good and uh, kept me engaged was uh, that just it's so fast. The the jokes were really they just pumped them out. This and is true. Uh, you know, if it didn't land with everybody, it did land with some people. Um, and there were times where the whole cinema was had that current of uh, response running through it, and that's absolutely you know what the cinema should be about. And to see a film that can do that, not every film that I see at the cinema. Is, does it? Yeah. Um, so, really, really cool. Yeah. And I, I really like that. It, 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 it was, was a good, fun one to yeah. end on when you've been sat in a cinema for two days. Seeing people, you know, hacked up and like monsters creeping about and being yeah. on the edge of your seat. Yeah. So that really worked as well. So, um, you, you know, hopefully this just gives you a taster of um, what Fright Fest had to offer and what might be coming out. Um, if you want to find out more about FrightFest, uh, you can do so at frightfest.co.uk. Um, they run festivals twice a year, mm-hmm. um, uh, one in Glasgow, one in London over the August bank holiday weekend. And they also run uh, events at Halloween as well. So anyone who's a, a, a budding horror film enthusiast, then that's uh, well worth getting involved in. Uh, and they're a good bunch of guys as well. Um, and uh, if you want to find out more uh, we've also done a a podcast at Movie Heaven Movie Hell which is available uh, on all podcast uh, apps out there um, where we delve a little in more depth into these films again spoiler free and uh, to check out more about what we're doing at Premiere Scene uh, please check out premierscene.net Yeah, thank you very much and uh, make sure you go to Fright Fest next year and we'll see you there. Bye guys.